Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about or take you through uh, some frequently asked questions in relation to uh, loans and loan repayments and also then uh, property related questions and particularly in respect to uh, tenants uh, and tenants unable to um, keep paying the same level or actually any rental income uh, uh, due to the financial impacts from coronavirus. Uh, okay, so let's start with the first question then, uh, which is how does the repayment pause work? So banks are offering uh, customers the ability to pause loan repayments um, for up to six months if they're being impacted by coronavirus. And each lender is going to have their own uh, sort of policies and processes to do with that. Um, uh, and you just go to their website and they'll normally have a page in relation to that. And note that banks aren't offering an interest-free period. So uh, the interest in respect to loan will continue to accrue and just be added on to your loan balance. So for example, if you had a $100,000 investment loan, that was on interest-only repayments at 3%, your interest bill will be $250 a week, a month, I should say. So therefore, if you don't pay for six months, if you pause the repayments for six months, uh, six times 250 is $1,500. Uh, so that means at the end of the period, uh, the the loan balance will be $101,500. Uh, so it really gets added onto the balance um, uh, most lenders have confirmed they're not going to charge interest on interest, which means that just because you didn't pay last month's $250 worth of interest, that is not necessarily going to attract interest, but that'll um, change from bank to bank. Next frequently asked question is, should you pause your repayments? Well, if you're unable to continue to make your loan repayments, then obviously pausing it might be a good solution. However, I would counsel people to uh, investigate alternative means uh, so that they're able to continue making repayments. And that might be calling upon cash savings that you've got, uh, accessing redraw within loans. Uh, Utilise those mechanisms first before you start putting your, uh, your loan on uh, pause. Next question is, should you pause your repayments if you're concerned about losing your job in the future? or reducing your income in the future? Uh, no, in short, uh, if your income's not being impacted by coronavirus, then my advice would typically keep going as you have been and keep making the normal repayments. Uh, if your financial situation is adversely impacted in the future, so if your fears come true in terms of reduction in income or loss of job, uh, then you can consider um, putting your repayments on pause at that time. Uh, and we'd anticipate that most lenders are going to be open to doing that over the next six months, uh, again, depending on uh, whether you're being impacted and when you've been impacted uh, by coronavirus and or the, uh, the, the shutdown that's uh, impacted us all, I guess. Next question is, will the repayment pause affect my credit rating? No, the Australian Banking Association has confirmed. In fact, I think they released a, uh, put out a media release yesterday on the 7th of April that the people that take up this repayment pause, it won't have any impact on their credit file or their credit rating, which is good news. Uh, next question is, should you pause all loans? Uh, so I would say if you've had uh, suffered some financial hardship, 
Um, uh, certainly uh, consider putting your investment loans on pause, but if it's at all possible, uh, without obviously creating undue stress, keep making uh, repayments in respect to any non-deductible debt. So there's obviously home loans. Now, of course, if your income's dropped to zero, you're not going to be in a position necessarily to be able to do that, and that's fine. Of course, then you've got to put all loans on pause. Um, uh, but as we're going to talk about in the next, the answer to the next question is that it would be uh, more tax efficient to just pause investment loans and try and find ways to keep paying the home loan. Which is a good segue into the next question, which is, will the accumulated unpaid interest still be tax deductible? So there's two parts to this question, really. Um, the interest that you've added onto the loan, so the interest in respect to the next six months whilst it's on pause, is that deductible? And then because after that six-month period, as I explained in the example, you're going to have a higher loan amount, uh, therefore is that uh, is that deductible as well? So the answer is yes to both questions. Uh, you know, in uh, the example that I use where you had a $100,000 loan, $1,500 worth of interest over the next six months, so your loan balance is $101,500. Um, interest charged on that will obviously attract more interest because the balance is increased, and that is tax deductible. Plus also you can claim that $1,500 of interest that you didn't pay cash flow-wise, but you incurred and added to the loan. That will also be deductible tax deductible in the year that uh, you accumulated it. Um, okay, next question. Can I reduce uh, principal interest loan repayments to interest only? Uh, and this would be probably uh, most applicable uh, with respect to home loans, but also could uh, impact investment loans. Uh, so the answer is normally that would require um, the lender to fully redocument the loan. So that is to um, create a whole new loan contract. And that process would normally require a full application process, which can obviously be very time consuming, etc, uh, etc. Et um, we know that some lenders are working on uh, the opportunity to do that without needing to go through a, a full approval process. And there's hints that even the governments are quite happy to do that. That is either relax whatever lending standards they need to in order to ensure lenders don't breach uh, any rules or laws uh, by doing that. But that would be a really good alternative as opposed to um, uh, a full repayment pause. You know, if we could just reduce to interest-only repayments for a period of time, that might be enough for, for some people. Okay, so they're the questions in respect to loans, frequently asked questions. Now I want to talk about some frequently asked questions in respect to landlords and tenants, particularly aimed at obviously landlords uh, where they have tenants uh, and they may or may not be able to keep paying uh, any rent at all or maybe the, the uh, market level rent that's cur currently uh, in line with arrangements. Uh, so let's start off with some frequently asked questions in relation to that. And the first one is, uh, how does the ban on evictions work? Well, the government has enforced a six-month moratorium on evictions, for, and that's for both commercial and residential tenants who are unable to meet their commitments due to the impact of coronavirus. Uh, so that is that if your tenant has lost their job because of the coronavirus uh, and can't pay you any rent, uh, bad luck, you're stuck with that tenant for at least six months before you can move them on. Uh, uh, so don't forget, though, uh, after that six-month period, 
has ended, well, then that's when you can take action and say, well, move on. We've got to find a tenant that can can afford to pay me rent. Um, and you might be able to um, recover some losses at that stage through uh, landlord insurance or so forth. But also, and I'm going to get to it, maybe there's going to be um, uh, some other government initiatives that will help you in that situation. Uh, but essentially, it forces you to really, and I suspect it's the reason why the government wanted to do it, it forces you to come to the table uh, in terms of and to negotiate with your tenant. Uh, so what should you do? The next question, what should you do if your tenant says they can't pay rent? Well, the first step is to ascertain to what extent the tenant's financial position has been affected by coronavirus. So the two key points in that sentence are, uh, firstly, to what extent, you know, is it material? Have they had a material reduction in income? Is their income zero or is it more just a case of uh, they're, they're worried about their future income? Uh, and then you need to ascertain uh, to what extent has coronavirus caused uh, that reduction in income. And I think for uh, most tenants, it's going to be relatively easy to do, you know, obtain documentation from the tenant's employer, for example, uh, they might have a letter to say they've been stood down or their accountant, if they're self-employed, uh, will give you, you know, should give you, uh, should make it relatively easy, I should say, to ascertain, you know, what extent uh, they've been impacted. And you need to use this information to really form a view on two things. Firstly, the extent to which uh, the income has reduced. So it's 30%, 50%, is it down to zero? And then secondly, you need to ascertain the likelihood of the tenant recovering their income position once the shutdown restrictions have been lifted. Um, And that would include, you know, how long would it take for them to fully recover their income as well? Uh, And those two um, considerations uh, should therefore inform uh, you about what you should do uh, or what arrangements uh, or agreements you should come to with your tenant which is, is again a nice segue into the next question, which is once you have all that information, what agreement should you make with your tenant? Well, the government released a code of conduct in respect to commercial tenancies on the 7th of April, uh, which is yesterday, according to how uh, I'm recording this on the 8th. Um, uh, the code of conduct doesn't obviously apply to, to residential tenancies, but perhaps it gives you some hints for what uh, residential landlords uh, could or should do. The code uh, talks about the concept of proportionality. So that is that if the tenant's income has fallen by 50%, then the government is expecting landlords to agree to a rent reduction of 50%. And the code then states also that the rent reduction can be offered in two formats. Uh, One, a waiver of rent, which is mean you're foregoing the income as a landlord, and two, a rent deferral. Uh, So in that situation where the tenant's income has dropped 50%, then you've got to reduce your rent by 50%, um, and some of that can be a waiver and some of that can be a deferral. Uh, And they're saying at least 50% of the rent reduction must be in the form of a waiver. Uh, So I guess you're kind of going halves to some degree on the financial impact uh, as a result of the coronavirus Uh, situation. Uh, And in this code of conduct, uh, it says that landlord must offer the commercial tenant a period of two years in which to repay that deferred rent portion. So again, that's this is only applicable to commercial uh, tenancies, but it gives you some sort of sense of what you might uh, 
what you might consider. And, and let's look at an example uh, uh, that where how you would, could apply this uh, to a residential tenancy. Um, so let's assume that your tenant has been stood down by their employer but expects to return to full employment when the shutdown restrictions are lifted. Let's say they're in hospitality or something like that and that they were paying you uh, up until they were stood down $300 a week in rent. Um, what you could agree to is a, a, a rent reduction down to nil for three months, so no, no rent payable for the next three months. Um, and uh, that means that that'll cost you about $3,600, you know, $300 a week uh, times four weeks times three months is $3,600. You could say to the tenant that half of that reduction is a waiver, so that is you, you'll wear the cost of that, but the remaining half is a deferral. And as such, you ask the tenant to sign a new lease, uh, a new one-year tenancy agreement, which commences at the end of the rent reduction period, so in three months' time, uh, but instead of the rent being $300, you're asking for $335, which is really $300 of the original rent amount, uh, and then um, half of the rent reduction that you've given them over the next three months uh, payable over 52 weeks, which is obviously a, a one-year period. And so that's how that could work, where you're still carrying the cash flow burden of uh, holding the, the property asset, but you're some way, to some degree, sort of sharing the pain uh, with the tenant uh, in terms of their impact uh, or, or corona, coronavirus's impact on their financial position. Um, of course, uh, so I've used the uh, commercial code of conduct to frame that uh, response. But of course, the government hasn't really provided uh, much of an indication yet on what they expect uh, residential tenants to do. Uh, so that that's just a, I guess, an indication of where it might land. Uh, so my or our advice typically is to hold off making any agreement with the tenant until the government has provided further guidance, because they might the government might say um, that in fact these sorts of arrangements aren't acceptable, and they expect that landlords to wear the full loss, but then maybe there's some sort of stimulus or, or package that comp partially compensates uh, landlords for doing that. We just don't know, um, but that's how it's looking in the commercial commercial space, and then maybe that gives you a bit of an indication of where we might land uh, on the residential side. What happens if your tenant cannot pay for six months and then leaves? Well, again, unfortunately, there's not much you can do. Uh, you might be able to claim against your landlord insurance policy if you have one, uh, and I expect that that's where the government will target um, some sort of compensation package where the, a landlord has suffered loss purely because of the government's moratorium on evictions. Because normally if you had a, a tenant that just turned around and stopped paying rent, you would evict them uh, probably in a quicker period than a six-month period. So the only reason that your losses are higher is because the government's moratorium and I would expect the government would need to come up with a package in response to that. Uh, lastly, uh, I think it's the last question. Yes, it is. Uh, will landlord insurance policies cover you? Um, so th the answer to that question is really going to depend on your policy uh, and really what you need to do is speak to the insurance provider and or read its uh, product disclosure statement or PDS, uh, which you can normally find on their website, and that'll inform you about what the cover um, provides. Uh, interestingly enough, most insurance providers have stopped issuing um, landlord cover as a result of the coronavirus situation. So 
uh, people that don't have cover at the moment, uh, it's almost going to be near impossible to get cover uh, now anyway. Uh, and most policies exclude the ability to claim if you've come to an alternative agreement with the, the renter. So it's unlikely that um, landlord insurance is going to cover you uh, over the next six-month period, uh, but possibly if you end up with a, a tenant uh, that still owes you money at the end of that six-month period, uh, that's when landlord insurance might come into play. Uh, so there you go, just some frequently asked questions, some questions we're being asked uh, regularly, and I just uh, imagine they would be on other people's minds as well. Uh, and I wanted to record the podcast. Of course, you'll find these questions in the show notes and also on our website. Um, if you have any other questions, uh, you can follow links on our website uh, via the blog uh, and submit any other questions, and we'll keep updating that page uh, so when the government does finally come back with something in respect to uh, landlords or to help landlords, uh, we'll update the page uh, to make sure that we keep that, that information current. Uh, and if you have any other questions uh, that we think other people would be interested in, uh, we'd be more than happy to answer them and post that answer on that page. So I hope you're all well uh, and can continue to stay that way. Uh, and until next week, bye for now.